Hi, this is Chris Finch. I'm lead pastor of City Walk Church. I want to thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you don't already know, the best way to stay connected with City Walk Church is with our app. Just go to your device's app store and search City Walk Church to find it. Whether you've been a longtime follower of Jesus or you're just investigating faith, our hope is that this message will help you take your next step in that journey. If you're in the area, we would love to have you come join us in person. For more information or to plan your visit, check us out at citywalkchurch.com or on social media at WeAreCityWalkCA. Good morning, City Walk Church. How are we doing this morning? Come on. Well, as Cherie said, yesterday was a really phenomenal day. Uh, A lot of you were out there at Greenwood Park. We had a great day. Uh, I saw my dentist there, uh, and I apologize for all the candy that we were giving out. Uh, But it was a really fun day. got to meet. I know some of you we met yesterday, and and, uh, you have come to church this morning, so we're thankful for that. Uh, Hope you had a really good day yesterday, just getting the chance to have fun as a family and connect with uh, other families in our community. Uh, And one of the things that we want to do over the the next uh, few weeks and months as we move into the holidays is create some more opportunities for people to kind of just connect with no agenda uh, to each other and to this gathering. And so next Sunday night, uh, which is I believe the 20th, Uh, Our church has rented four fire pits at Bishop's Pumpkin Farm, and uh, we've rented them uh, for everybody. And so the first 20 cars that get their parkings free, uh, I think you get five per fire pit, and so it'd be good to carpool, but we're going to provide all the stuff for s'mores, we're going to provide all of that stuff, and we just want to invite everybody to come Come have a great time. Come stay a half hour. Come stay for the whole time. That's up to you. No agenda. Nobody's going to preach. It's just going to be eat s'mores, hang out, and uh, just enjoy getting to know each other better. And so we'll remind you of that next week, but that's next Sunday night, uh, the 20th, and we'll start at 5 o'clock there at Bishop's Pumpkin Farm there in Wheatland. It's going to be a fun night. Well, we are in the, the last part of a series that we started uh, about six weeks ago called Heart Detox. And uh, the kind of the thing that we've talked about every single week is when you, when we were first uh, little kids, and for some of us, man, got to remember back to when you were a little kid, at your home, you had certain things you were allowed to say, you had certain things that you weren't allowed to say, you had certain places that you were, it was okay to go, there were certain places that you weren't allowed to go. Uh, every time you went somewhere special or somewhere important, probably your mom or dad would do the, the, the lean over the seat before you get to the place and have the conversation with the kids like, hey, while we're here, let's uh, not yell too much and let's not break anything and kind of the speech that all parents give their kids, and as a little kid, we, we learned what basically is called behavior modification. Like, I really want to yell and scream and lay on the floor and do a tantrum, but I know if I do that, I won't get ice cream later, or I may get a spanking, or I may get a you know, nose in the corner, or whatever that was in your home, and so because of that... I'm not going to throw myself on the floor. I'll do it in my mind, but I won't do it in person. 
And so we learn this behavior modification where, hey, there were certain things you were allowed to do and certain things that were off limits. And if you did them, there were some consequences that usually deterred us from doing them. But then we got a little bit older and we didn't have a mom or dad kind of standing over us. And if we did, whole nother message later, we can talk about that. Uh, But we got older and so what we decided to do was we decided to create a filtering system. And so we developed a really sophisticated filter that most of the time stopped the things we shouldn't say from coming out. And once in a while, we would find ourselves saying something or doing something that somehow slipped through the filter, and we would say things like this, well, man, that is just not like me. Or where did that come from? And we would say things like that because there, every once in a while, so the duct tape on the filter would wear out and something would slip through the filter. And, and the thing that we've said kind of over the last six weeks is, you know what, that was never a filter issue. The reason I said that wasn't because my filter wasn't strong enough. The reason I said that was because there was something much deeper than the filter, and it was the heart. And, and that's why Solomon, when he was sitting down with his sons, and he was sitting down with his sons, and he said, hey, guys, I want to tell you some things that my dad told me. And this is a verse that we've looked at kind of as a theme verse for this series. And, and here's what Solomon said. He said this. He said, keep or guard your heart. When he's talking about heart, he's not talking about the, the blood pumping muscle in your chest. What he's talking about is, hey, guard the inside, who you really are, the soul, the spirit, you, the real you on the inside, guard your heart. Why do we guard our heart? Why do we guard things at all? We guard things that are really valuable and important to us. And so Solomon, as he's sitting down with his kids, he he knows this is a really, really important thing. And he says, hey guys, I I want you to hear something that David told me Guard your heart. Keep your heart. And he goes on. Keep it with all vigilance. For from it flow the springs of life. Guard your heart. Keep your heart. Because from your heart comes your leadership. Comes your parenting. Comes your work ethic. Comes your life. And so guard your heart. And and you and I both know this. That both physically and spiritually, we're only as healthy as our heart. It just is what it is. Like, physically, it's, you know, you can be the most jacked guy in the gym, and if your heart's all messed up, doesn't matter. You're only as healthy as your heart, but same way spiritually. And and we, especially if you're a church person that kind of grew up in church, we have become professionals at making the outside look really good while our heart is a wreck on the inside. And at the end of the day, we're only as healthy as our heart. And we don't like the ramifications of that statement, physically or spiritually. Like, I don't like to know that I'm not supposed to go to in and out every single day. I don't, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to know that ice cream every night before bed isn't good for me. I don't like the ramifications of needing to keep a healthy heart because that means I can't put things in my mouth that taste really good as much as I want to. 
But we also don't like that spiritually, do we? Does anybody in here like to think and really like look in the mirror and think, you know what? I have a jacked up heart. I'm a wreck right here. I'm a wreck inside. Does anybody like to admit that? We don't like to admit that. We don't like the ramifications of that. Because we, we have a couple choices when we, when we kind of come to the realization that our heart's a mess on the inside. We can do one thing. We can pretend that it's not really bad and hope we don't hurt too many people along the path. Or, and this is what we've talked about, we can lean into the weight that's in our heart. We can lean into what is in our heart that we really try to avoid, that weight. And we can ask Jesus to give us freedom in that. And, and he's able to do that. And that's what we've talked about. And so the question that I want to ask you as we close this series this week is, how's your heart? Not, not how are you doing, not how was your week, where we can kind of blow each other off and be like, oh, it's a good week, things are great. But really, how's your heart? How's the real you on the inside? How's your heart? And could it be that the weight that's on the inside of your heart, that weight you feel, could it be that that is actually a window into what God wants to reveal and do something with? Could it be that instead of avoiding it and pretending it's not there and going decades with anger and guilt and all these things that we pretend aren't there, could it be that God wants to do something in that weight that's in our hearts? And so over the last few weeks, we've talked about a few of those weights. We've talked about envy and how envy has a way, if we're not careful, it literally has a way of affecting every single relationship we're in. Because we begin to look at other people as our reference point instead of Jesus. And so I begin to look at you and say, hey, if I had what he had, if our family was like their family, then we'd be okay. And so we begin to envy. Instead of saying, you know what, my reference point is Jesus. And because Jesus is enough, I'm okay. So we talked about envy. We also talked about guilt. It's... It's, hey, at some point in my life, I took something from somebody, I hurt somebody, I did something I'm not proud of, and, and everything inside me tells me to keep it in the dark and pretend and avoid ever taking care of it. But what we talked about that week is we talked about how when we bring it into the light, we find healing. It still can be complicated. But ultimately, we find healing. So we talked about guilt. And then last week, what we did is we talked about anger. And how for a lot of us in here, we have been legitimately hurt by people. And there's legitimate things in our heart that we're angry about that, that man, we should be angry about because we were hurt. And the Bible doesn't tell us not to be angry. The Bible says, actually, be angry. But do not sin. And so we talked about that last week and, and how we can really be angry at the things we're supposed to be angry at, but we can also deal with this, this anger so it doesn't turn into bitterness and literally affect relationships in our life for decades. And, and so that's what we've talked about over the past few weeks. And what's been neat is I've had several conversations with a lot of you 
that have come up to me over the last month and a half and says, you know what, there's issues in my heart and I'm taking steps to deal with them. I've heard about our city groups and some of the great discussions that have been going on throughout the week as people have been saying, hey, yes, this is an area that I struggle with and, and, and I'm not good with carrying this for the next decade. I want to find freedom from this. And whether you're new to City Walk or you've been here since we kind of started, we're a gathering where it's okay not to be okay. The scripture says this in Jeremiah chapter 17, it says this, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? And so here's what we've committed to as a gathering. We don't pretend to have life figured out. And we don't throw stones at your sin because it's different than our sin. What we've decided to do as a gathering is, hey, we have issues in our heart and we're going to lean into those issues and we're going to ask Jesus to give us freedom and that may mean we need to take some hard steps to do that, but we're committed to walk with each other into freedom and not pretend we have it all together. Because it's just, you won't fit in here if you pretend you have it all together. This is the wrong place for you. Because actually, we'll, we'll bring you down. Because <laughs> you're better than us. And, and, and so, that's kind of what we've done. And so, today as we close the series, we're going to talk about the last heart issue that I think every single person in this room struggles with. And I would go as far to say this. Every single person in this room has been enslaved to this at some point in their life. And it's the issue of people pleasing. And you're like, all right, you got me on that one, man. As I'm checking Instagram to see how many likes from the picture I put up this morning. Uh, but, But people pleasing. And when we talk about people pleasing, here's what we mean. Making others' approval and affection our greatest pursuit. And people-pleasing, it shows up in a lot of different areas. It does show up in social media. I mean, I mean, we post a picture, and then we find ourselves constantly checking back to see how many people have liked it. And, 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 and we're kind of, man, if it gets a lot of likes, we kind of feel good about ourselves. And if not, we're like, oh, did I not get the right angle? Is the filter not right? Should I have done something different? Maybe I should pull that. And I, I, I don't understand this, but I've, I've noticed this even with my kids, like, they don't post a lot of pictures because I guess if you post pictures and they don't get a lot of likes, then it's like not a good thing. So they just don't post pictures. So I don't know what that says. But, but social media, we find it. We also find it in, in our work and life balance. So, so some of us maybe struggle with working crazy hours and it's not because we're just a hard worker. It's because we're trying to make somebody happy and, and make, get somebody's approval. And so we work like crazy all for somebody's approval. Maybe we find ourselves, we, we find it in our finances. We spend money on things we really don't need because we want you to look at us and say, wow, did you see the new car they got? When we know we didn't even need that new car, or we don't even like that new car, but yet somebody else thinks it's cool, so we're happy. And we find ourselves, conversations. There's times that we find people pleasing coming into our conversations where we will not say a hard thing to somebody because we're afraid we're going to make them unhappy. 
So we won't tell them the truth because we don't want to make them unhappy. And so we find that in conversations. We find that even in church, that, that even in church, sometimes we find ourselves serving, giving, and worshiping not for Jesus, but for Jesus' followers. So we want to, we do it uh, kind of for you, Jesus, but I really want everybody else to see me and kind of give me their approval. And what's interesting is pleasing people is not a new issue. People that are religious and non-religious have been dealing with the struggle to please people and become enslaved by that literally since the beginning of time. In fact, when Jesus was on earth, Jesus walked into a religious system that honestly made people-pleasing their go-to strategy. And so in a, in a passage that we're going to look at, Matthew chapter 6, this passage is known both to historians and to biblical scholars as the Sermon on the Mount. And right in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus, he takes a lot of, a lot of sentences and, and he speaks to people-pleasing. Because in his system and, and kind of when he was living, the religious leaders of the day had turned worship into God. They, they took taken worship to God and they had changed it into an elaborate system to make people think they were important. And so they took what should have been worship and they made an elaborate system to gain people's approval by doing what should have been worship. And so Matthew chapter 6, it'll be up on the screen or in the app, or if you have your scriptures, you can follow along. It says this, Jesus is talking. He says, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. And so Jesus, he's, he's not saying don't ever do anything good in public. He's saying, hey, don't do things in public with the motive to be seen by people. And then he goes on and he gives a few examples of how these religious leaders were doing just that. He says this. He says, thus when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet. Don't go live on Facebook so you can show everybody how much you're giving to the needy. He said, don't sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites. This word hypocrite was a word that was used in theater. If you were a drama major in, in, in college or you were in drama in high school, this word hypocrite was a word that was used in theater and it described a person that would put a mask on. And they would call someone that would put a mask on a hypocrite. And so he's saying, hey, don't be like those religious leaders who whenever they're about to give to somebody, they put a mask on to look like they're something that they're really not. Don't be like those guys. And they do it in the synagogues and in the streets that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. Their reward was being seen by others. That's all they're getting. That's their reward. And then he says this, but when you give to the needy, do not let, let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. So he said, all right, don't, don't be like those people that do the, this worship of God thing and it's really not for God, it's really for other people. And, and one of those examples is, hey, when people give, they want to let everybody know. 
Hey, like, hey, by the way, see the check right here? I'm about to put it in the offering. They, they want people to know. And he's saying, all right, that's your reward. People seeing that you put a big check in the offering. God bless you. But that's all the reward you're getting. He says, instead of that, be, be a person who, man, gives. And it's not, not letting everybody know. And, and trust that re- the reward from your father is going to be much better. But then he goes on. He goes, and when you pray. You must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. See, these people, their prayer had stopped being to God and instead were for the people that were listening to their prayer. He says, don't be like these guys. And and here's what they would do. They would use these big words and they would say it really loud and with a lot of repetition. And it's like, you know what? That's impressive. I don't know what any of those words mean, but I'm sure you're really godly because you're saying them. And that's what they wanted. And so they would on purpose go to places where there were people and just, you know, put on a show in their prayer time. And Jesus is like, "That's, that's not the way to do this. He says, truly I say to you, they have received their reward. So their reward was the drama they created by, you know, their big prayer. But but he says this, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. Again, you can do it this way and your reward is being seen. Or you can do it God's way and he'll reward you. And it'll be different than the reward you're getting from being seen by men. And then what he does over the next few verses is he lays out what is known as the Lord's Prayer. And he gives them like, here's practically how to pray. And he walks them through that. You're not going to do it like these guys that stand on the corner and it's all about, hey, did, did, did you see, was somebody taking a picture of me? Did I check social media? Did they get my prayer on, on, on Instagram today? It, no, it's not about that. It's not about being seen by men. It's not about pleasing people. And then the last kind of thing he talks about, he says, and when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Here's what these guys would do. You know, fasting, basically, they would, sit, they would not eat for certain periods of time, with, with the goal supposed to be to get closer to God during that time. But they wanted you to know they were fasting. And so they would look gloomy and like, uh, wanted you to know, man, this is so tough. But because I'm so spiritual, uh, I'm getting this done for God and I'm fasting. And, and, and man, let's get a couple pictures of this, a couple selfies of me and my boys fasting. And let's get that on social media so people know how much we're denying ourselves because we're so spiritual. And Jesus is like, that's not, not really the way it's supposed to go down. He says this, truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face. Basically, clean up. Don't look any different than you normally look, man. Nobody should be able to look at you and say, oh, I bet they're fasting today. No, look normal so that nobody knows about it. And then he says this, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. 
in all three of this, these scenarios, Jesus lays out a choice, a specific option. Hey, here's the two ways you can do this. And he also lays out rewards. So there's two options, there's two ways to do this. And honestly, there's a reward with both ways. And so you need to, you need to figure out like which way you're going to go, but there's two ways you can go, and with each way, there's a reward, which leads us to a simple and honest question. Who are you trying to please? Who am I trying to please? Because just like in Jesus' day, those two options are the same two options we have today. And the rewards are exactly the same. So here's what the two options are. You can, we can choose to please God, or we can choose to please man. And, and so if we choose to please God, you say, man, what does that look like? Well, somebody asked Jesus this. They said, they said to Jesus, hey, Jesus, can you kind of give me the skinny on this following you thing? And like, what's the most important commandment? Like, if, if you had to narrow this thing down, what does is, what is following God look like? And he said this, he said in Mark 12, 30, he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind and all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So, so you want to please God? Here, here's, here's the way you do it. Here's, if you're going to choose this path, you need to love God and love other people. And, and, and your other choice is you can please man, you can kind of go that route with your life, and for you, that's going to be a moving target. Like, there's not really a, a specific way to do that. It's going to change a lot, and so you're just going to take the ride. If you want to follow God and you want to please God, it's about loving God and loving others. That's what it is. If you want to please man, it's going to be pretty complicated, and there's going to be a lot of changes, and you're just going to have to keep up. And, and I wrote this in my notes. When man's approval is my ultimate pursuit... I am choosing to disregard what Jesus said is most important. Like, if I choose God, there's one way, love God, love others. If I choose man, I just have to know when I go this way, I can't do this the way I'm supposed to. Like, if my goal is to please you, I can't love you the way I'm supposed to love you. You, and we see this in our life, in, in all of our lives. I mean, we, we see this in different areas. I mean, just think of parenting. Like if your goal is to please your kid, you might please them, they might be happy, but by making them happy, it actually might be the most unloving thing that you can do for them. Sure, buddy, you want to put your finger in that light socket? That'll make you happy? Go ahead. Probably not the most loving thing I can do for them. That's an, obviously an absurd, obvious. But, but just think of raising teenagers. If, if our, my goal is to, and I'm not trying to not be a friend with my kids, but if my goal is to make my two teenagers happy every day, then I'm not going to love them the way Jesus told me to love them. And, and it, we, we know that. This is, this is obvious stuff, but it's, we just have to understand it. So as we're making these clear choices, at least we understand what we're not going to be able to do and what we are going to be able to do. Leadership's another thing. Every one of you, whether you like it or not, you influence people. You lead people. Some of you lead people officially. Some of you lead people unofficially. 
But every single one of us influence people. And if my goal is to please everyone, then I will never have a loving and hard conversation with somebody that will help them grow and move forward if my goal is for them to just be happy. And we just have to know that. And so if I choose to please God, it's about loving God and loving others. If I choose to please man, it's a moving target. It's going to change a lot. But we just need to know we have two choices, but there's also two rewards. If I choose to please God, if I choose to please man, there's two rewards. So, so let's think about what are some of the rewards. If I choose to please God, I'm choosing freedom. If I choose to please man, I'm choosing slavery. And here's what I mean. If, I, if my goal is to please people all the time, then I am a slave to people. What they want, what they think of me, their agenda, and I'm a slave to that. If I choose to please God, then I will have healthy relationships. If I choose to please man with my life, my relationships will be shallow because we'll never have real conversations. Because I'm going to always be real careful because I never want to make you upset or mad or hurt your feelings. And so it'll always be surface level. And, and hey, some of that's not, hey, some of that's like, yeah, man, that's all I want. Just surface relationships, want to keep it real shallow, don't want to get drama complicated. And so that, that's what you'll get if your goal is to please man. If your goal is to please God, you will find rest. If your goal is to please man, you're signing up for anxiety. I mean, it just is what it is. If, if my life is every day like, okay, what do they think? What are they looking at? Did I do it right for them? Then, man, that's an anxious way to live your life. If everything I'm doing is always about, did I make them happy? Did, did I get enough likes on social media? It's, you know, just, it's an anxious way to live your life. If my goal is to please God, I will have eternal rewards. If my goal is to please man, I'll have short-term rewards. There's rewards with both. I'm not going to lie and say, oh, if you do this, there's no rewards. No, there's some short-term rewards. Like you might have some quieter nights. You'll probably have less drama. It'll all stay pretty shallow. And so if that, that's part of it. If you go this route... Man, there, there's going to be some hard conversations. There's going to be some misunderstandings. There's going to be a lot of, maybe some drama once in a while. But my rewards are going to be long-term, not just shallow. And lastly, if, if I choose to please God, then I'm going to walk in purpose. If I choose to please man, I'm walking from purpose. So important that, that we know this. If my goal is to please man, I am no longer walking in the purpose God has for me. I'm walking in the purpose of what everybody else wants me to do. My life's all about what they want, what they think, instead of this is what God's called me to do, and I want to obey Him, and I'm living with the perspective of an audience of one. It doesn't mean I'm trying to tick off everybody else. It just means that my audience of one is most important to me, not everybody else's opinion. And, and it's so important that we, that we think this way. And what's very interesting is if you were to continue to read down in the, that Matthew passage, you get, guess what the next two things Jesus talks about? Money and worry. Hmm. So he's just talked about pleasing man, 
and doing things to keep man happy. And then he talks about money. And then he talks about worry. Jesus is a pretty smart guy. I think those are probably connected in some way. We don't have time to go into all those connections, but read along and, and I think you'll see, oh, if, if I do it this way, there's, there's some worry and some financial problems and some, a, lot of, a lot of stuff that happens. If I do it this way, yeah, it doesn't mean everything's always easy, but, but there's some ways that God has for me to do, go and live that, yeah, they're not going to be always worry-free, but man, it's a lot less drama than this side. So back to our question, how's your heart? Really, how's your heart? On the inside, the real you, how's your heart? I wrote these questions in my notes. Do you find yourself anxious a lot hoping somebody is happy with you? Like, be honest with your heart right now. Just be honest. Do you try to manipulate social media to get more followers or likes? Have you bought something recently that you didn't need just to impress someone else? Do you avoid hard conversations on a regular basis? Do you find yourself irritated with people because you feel used all the time? Who are you trying to please? Can you imagine? Just imagine. Maybe you're like, check, check, check. <laughs> like all those boxes. Yes, yes, I, I, all those things. Can you imagine how your parenting, how your work life, how your friendships, how your finances would be different if you decided I'm going to please God, not man. Like my goal in life is going to change from pleasing man to my goal is to please God. Teenager, what, what would life look like when you, when, even when you go to school and, 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 when, and it's, uh, it's normal to wonder, like, what do they think of me? I hope they like me. That's not abnormal. All of us feel that. But what if you went to school and your goal was to please God and if other people liked you, that's great, but you didn't need other people to like you to be okay. What if you could walk into your classroom and say, you know what, because Jesus is enough and because my goal is to please Him, I can love you and love you and love you whether you ever love me back because Jesus fills my cup. I don't have to have you fill it. How would life be different if we walked into our schools, into our workplaces, and said, I, I want to please you today, Jesus? See, it would be different. It would be different in a big way. And so as we close, you think, okay, well, that's great. Good. I probably shouldn't please man. I, yeah, I agree, all those things. But how do you do that? Like, what does that really look like? And one of the things you see in Scripture all the time, and, and a lot in the New Testament, you'll see the, the writers of the New Testament will talk about, when they're talking about change that really lasts, they usually talk about something that you have to put off, but then they also, they don't just leave it there and say, hey, you should stop doing this. They usually talk about, hey, while you're stopping this, here's some things to put on. It's that put off, put on principle you see all through the New Testament. 
And so for us, if, if we're truly going to please God, and at least we're curious, like what would that look like? The first thing that, that maybe we need to do is we need to do some putting off, and that might mean we need to do some repenting and removing. The word repent is kind of a Bible word that basically means change direction. Like, I've been trying to please this person, and I've been doing this to, to basically make everybody happy, and because I know that's not what God wants, I'm turning from that, I'm repenting, and I'm removing that. That's really the first step, and, and let's get real practical. For some of us, it's a relationship that is, is not healthy. And it doesn't mean that maybe we have to cut that person off, not saying that, but maybe we need to put a little distance between us and that person because we find ourselves when we're with that person or in that relationship we always find ourselves worried about trying to please people and maybe for us it's like you know what for me I need to remove that maybe it is some social media like you find man you find yourself looking at like fake people more than you find yourself talking with real people and you wake up anxious, and you wake up like struggling with worry, and you don't really even understand why, but I think a lot of it has to do with every day I'm staring at people's highlight reels, and then I'm looking at my real life. And so I'm trying to please people and make them look like, like, like my life's as important and as cool as their life is, and maybe it's just time to maybe set some of that aside for a season. If because we're trying to please God and not people, I'm not saying... You do whatever God tells you to do. But I, I find that it, it's just interesting that our social media society now has bred a society where everyone struggles with anxiety and worry. And I just think there's probably some connections on some level. So we, we maybe need to repent and remove some things, but then we need to begin some things. And so three things, and if you have your notes, I want you to write these down or it'll probably be in the app. But, but if, if you're serious about this, honestly, if, maybe you're like, you know what, I'm, I'm good with this. I'm good with pleasing man. I'm lo- good with keeping like relationships pretty surface level. Uh, that's just kind of like how I, how I roll. I kind of want to keep it that way. I realize I'm not going to have a lot of great friends, but hey, I'm okay with that. But if you're like, no, I, I, I want to see like healthy relationships. I want to raise kids that are not worried about what everyone else thinks, but what God thinks. Then here's some things that maybe we should do. And they all start with D. I didn't mean to do that. I did grow up in a Baptist church, so I think that you, you do. But, but uh, the first thing, decide. For a lot of us, it's just a it's a daily decision that we have to make to say, you know what, today I am living to please God above all. And this isn't like, hey, I went to camp last summer, I threw my stick in the fire, I made a walked an aisle, at a, I did that thing like seven years ago, but I'm struggling today. This is like every single day I have to get up and decide, today I'm living for an audience of one. And I might have to remind myself at lunchtime. <laughs> I mean, you may have to remind yourself more than once. It's a daily decision. It's a daily rhythm of today I'm living to please God above all. And and then we have to depend, and here's what I mean by that. Today I realize I am unable to do this on my own and need Jesus. So we decide I'm going to live for an audience of one, but we have to depend every single day and say, you know what? I've tried to do this by myself for the last 42 years. hasn't worked out well. 
And so I need Jesus. Like for me to live for Jesus and not for people, I need Jesus because I can't do it on my own. And so it's, it's a decision, but then it's a daily walk of dependence of, you know what? For me to do anything worthy with my life, I desperately need Jesus every day, every second. And then the last thing, I need to delight. And, and I wrote this, today I will intentionally get to know God in his word so I can love him more. It's, uh, I, I mean, maybe it just seems obvious to me, but it, it's hard to please someone you don't know. And it's really hard to love somebody you don't know. And so, man, I, some of you, I want to just let off the hook a little bit because you wonder, man, like, why is this walk with God so hard? Probably because you don't know him. So, yeah, man, if, if, it, if you're not spending time with God, I, why would you love somebody that you don't know? Why would you? I mean, it, of course. And so for me to live for an audience of one, for me to live to please God, I have to set aside time on a regular basis to get to know the person I'm supposed to love and please. And, and maybe you figured out a way to do it without getting to know God, but I haven't. I have not found a way to love God more and please him with my life without spending time with him. And for me, I have to do that on a regular basis. I can't, I, I can't do it once a week or I'll be a wreck by the end of the week. <laughs> and my family will be like, yeah, you're a wreck by the end of the day if you haven't spent time with If I don't have coffee in the morning or like time with God, I need to be locked in a room and nobody talks. <laughs> Hopefully it's not that bad, but, but you understand. And so as we close and we really close this series, I just want to challenge you and I want you to really think, how's my heart like what's in my heart that over the last maybe year died that you have filtered and covered up and you've just kind of come to the conclusion that you know what I'm just going to take this one to the grave with me and I'm just going to struggle with this all my life there's always going to be a little guilt I'm always going to struggle with anger I'm always going to tend to want to please people it's just who I am Maybe that's not what God wants. Maybe he's actually created a way for you to get to know Jesus and Jesus begin to give you some freedom in that. Maybe it just starts with you saying, I can't do it. I need you, Jesus, and I want to spend time with you so I can know you, but also I need to bring some people around me that I'm straight up with and say, I struggle with anger. I struggle with guilt. I'm a people pleaser. I need to bring some people around me that I can tell the truth to that can then speak into my life. Let's, let's bow our heads and close our eyes as we kind of close this, this series up. If you're here this morning, and, and probably this one's for everybody. Because is, I mean, is there anybody that, that can say, you know what, I've got this heart thing all together. I don't struggle with anything. I, I've got this thing together. No, we would all say, yeah, there's some issues. And as we close 
this message specifically as we're thinking about pleasing people. Maybe you're here this morning and, and you would say, Chris, if I'm really honest, I struggle with this. I care too much what people think. I find my life, literally my schedule, my agenda being built pretty much by other people and their kind of what they want from me. And it's exhausting. And it's, there's anxiety and, and there's other things, just issues. And would you just maybe in the quietness of your heart this morning, just take a first step and say, hey, would you just admit that to God? Just, God, I, I struggle with seeking to please people. Would you just tell God that? And then would you, and this is a bolder step, but would you just in your heart to God, would you repent of it? Would you tell God, yet God, yes, this is what I do, and this is not right. It's not pleasing to you. And so as much as I can at this first step, I'm turning from pleasing people, and I want to make my life about pleasing you. Would you do that just in your heart? And then maybe the, the next big step for you would be to say, you know what? Talking to God privately is pretty, pretty easy, but you know what? I need to take a bolder step and just tell a friend. Tell someone that, that loves me and also loves God that this is an area that I'm struggling with and that I have made a decision to turn from that and begin pleasing God with my life. And ask that friend to walk with you in this. Who, who could you ask? Just think. Like who's in your life? You're, some of you, you're thinking of a person right now probably. That you could talk to that they love you dearly. You're not going to surprise them by telling them you struggle. And they would love to walk with you in this. Who is it? Lord, I pray for each of us. I pray that your, your spirit and your word would just point out with, with great clarity the issues of our heart. And Lord, I pray that we would not walk out of here this morning by just putting another filter on it and just pretending it's not there. But God, I pray that we would lean into it and know that you did not come to earth and die and rise from the dead so that we would be enslaved. You did that so we would have freedom. And Lord, I pray that we would be people and that we would be a gathering that never says we have it all together, but says because of Jesus, we walk in freedom. In Jesus' name, amen.